thank you for your grace, Lord. We thank you for your love and kindness, Lord. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning, Lord. Father, we thank you that you've kept us through the day, Lord God. You protected us, Lord. Father, many would have been no help, the Father, the works of the enemy against us, but Lord, we thank you for your angels, the Lord, that were there, Lord God, who stand beside us, Lord. We thank you that you've been there, Lord, fighting the battles for us, oh God, Lord. And Father, this evening we come to your feet, O oh Lord, and we just desire that you speak to us once again, Lord. Father, we thank you for how you've been faithful, Lord, in every service, O oh God. And Father, we ask in the once more, O Father, you come by your way, O oh Lord. The Father, once more, you speak to us, O oh Lord. The once more, Lord, you brood over us, O oh God. The Father, whether it's need of healing, Lord, you reach to it, O oh God. Whether it's need of help, the Father, of the filling of the Holy Ghost, that you reach to it, Lord, this evening. Lord, we surrender to be out to you, O Lord, and we just ask the Father, put the speaker aside, O Lord. Father, put the hearer aside, O Lord. Father, we ask the Lord, you have your way this evening, Lord. Speak what you want to speak to us, Lord. Move us the way you want to move, O Lord. We want to give liberty to the Holy Spirit name, O Lord. We thank you for the song service, for the sword drill, Lord. Father, we thank you for all that you do, O Lord. We ask that you glorify your name now in Jesus' name. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, Brother Tony. Brother Gabe, God bless you. Amen. That was wonderful. God bless you. No, God bless you, all young people. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. How many are happy to be young people this evening? Amen. How many expecting from the Lord? I hope you didn't come to see me, because if you came to see me, you came to see the wrong person. I hope you came to me with the Lord, amen, because I came to me with the Lord, amen, the word is not for you, the word is for us, amen, amen, as we open the Bibles this evening, we have two places to read, and we go to Isaiah 55, and we'll read from verse 1 to 3, and then we'll go to John chapter 4, and we'll read from 10 to 14, amen, Isaiah 55, from 1 to 3. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, boy, and eat. Yeah, come, boy, wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for what which is not bread, and ye labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Here on your soul shall live. 
and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Amen. Shall we open to John chapter 4? We know that very well. We know the story in John chapter 4, and we want to read from verse 10 to verse 14. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living waters. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw. Thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living waters? Art thou greater than our father Jacob? which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and the cattle. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give, give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to read of the word. You might have your seat. Amen. How many enjoy the service on, on Wednesday? Amen. Amen. Keep your confidence. Keep your confidence, young people. You know, we need to keep your confidence. And mine, I tell you, I, I enjoy the service. The last young people we had. Man, you want to talk about the moving of the Lord. You want to talk about the moving of the Holy Ghost. I believe the Lord met with many young people, and we want to keep pressing on. Amen. Amen. This evening, we want to speak on, come to the well. Come to the well. Amen. There's something about the well. Amen. There's something about the well. Perhaps today, we don't have wells anymore, because we got a tap in our house, right? You know, just open the tap, and the water starts flowing out. And it's very easy. But down in, in the ancient days of Israel, the well was a very important town in every city. Amen. The well was a very vital town in every village that was in the ancient days because that was where everyone got the water supply. The wall was in a centralized location. It was a place that was reached by everyone. And, and you know, it was where you know, everyone would go and draw water. Amen. And the water was served for many purposes. You know, it wasn't just you know, drawing water for yourself, the water was what they would use, you know, in, in their homes, amen. The same water is what they would use in the field as they would work away. The water is the same that you, they would use for your washing, it's the same that they would use for your cleansing, amen. The water was a vital thing. Without water, they couldn't move. If the well was to shut down, the cedar would have been in crisis, amen. And I believe that you can catch the spiritual that we're talking about this evening, that we're not just talking about a well, amen. And we're not just talking about the water, but we're talking about the word, amen. And we're talking about the spirit, amen. That's what we're talking about, amen. I believe that if a city could not live without water, I believe that a Christian cannot live without the word. I believe if a city could not go on and could get into crisis without having water, then I believe that a Christian will go on a crisis without the spirit of God and without the word, amen. You know, as you know, you know Jesus was talking, to the woman on the well, and, and here was the woman on the well, and started to talk to Jesus, and started to say, tell him, you know, this well that I'm talking about, you know, is, is the well of Jacob, amen, 
And she's talking about him saying, this is the wall of Jacob, and this is the place that Jacob drank from, and, and this is the place that Jacob's children drank from, and, and this is the place that Jacob's cattle drank from, amen. We could see that that was their resource, amen. Jacob drank from him, but little was she knowing that there was one that was sitting at the wall that was greater than Jacob, amen. There was one that was sitting at the wall that had more than just the water, amen, but had something that was going to cleanse her, had something that was going to change her life, amen. But you see, the well is not only a place that they gathered together, you know, to draw water, but the well was also a place of encounter. It was a place of encounter. It was a place where, you know, in the evening time, the women would gather together at the well to draw water. And, and, you know, as they came together, that's where they would encounter different other sisters or different other women, we may call them. And that is where they would do their fellowship or they'll talk about the city, they'll talk about the things that's going on in town. And, you know, they'll talk about the necessary thing and the unnecessary thing. And they'll do all those kind of things at the well. Amen. But, you know, as we look at the different encounters, we believe that we can recall, you know, some different encounters in the Bible at the well. And tonight we want to take two encounters, amen, two encounters that we really know very well. The one encounter is the one with Rebecca, and the other encounter is the one of the Samaritan woman as we read this evening, amen. Both this woman went to the well, and as they went to the well, there's something that happened to them at the well. Amen. There was a change in their life when they got to the well. They went to the well without any expectation, but God had an expectation for them. Now, when they got there, God made sure that he met with them. Amen. You see, Rebecca, you know, when they're growing up, you know, she's been many times at the well. But, you know, that morning, Rebecca wasn't really expecting to receive what she was going to receive at the well. When Rebecca left home, she wasn't expecting what she was going to receive out of the well. You know, it was something that perhaps she must have thought about. It was something that perhaps she must have had fellowship, you know, with, with the different sisters about and so forth. It was something that she, you know, perhaps was looking forward to. But she didn't know that at the evening she was going to meet a man at the well that was going to bring her to Isaac. But then we know that we're not talking about the natural, but we're talking about the spiritual. And we know Isaac is a representation of Christ. Amen. And as she was going down to the well that morning, she, it was just another day for her. Amen. And as she met this man at the well, there was only one thing that Rebecca had to do. Rebecca had to either accept what the man was saying, or Rebecca had to reject what the man was saying. And whatever the man was talking about, Rebecca had nothing to do with it. All she had to do was just to respond. Amen. Rebecca didn't have to pay for anything. Rebecca didn't have to do anything about it. All she had to do was to either accept or to either reject. That was all that she had to do. Either accept or, or reject. Because you know what? The person who was sent the man to the well, he had already done the payment. He had already paid for everything that Rebecca needed as she, the man came. He had already paid for the journey that Rebecca was going to take. He had already paid for the home in which Rebecca was going to live in. I want you to know something, young people. The Christ that you serve on, yo, Isaac, has already paid every price of anything that you need for the journey from here on to glory. Your Rebecca has already paid the home and glory for you. Your Rebecca has paid your redemption. He has paid your freedom. He has paid for the Holy Ghost. He has paid for your joy. He has paid for your deliverance. He has paid for anything that you have need of. And all you have to do is to either accept or to reject. That's all that you have to do. He has paid for the gift that is laying in your life. And all you have to do is either accept or reject. 
He's paid it all. The gift that is lying in your life, more perhaps the Lord has gifted you to play music. Perhaps he's gifted you, you know, to sing song. I want you to know that that gift, he has already paid for it. He's placed it there for a purpose. And I believe it's time for us to start staring up the gift that is in us. It's time to start staring up the gift that is in us. Amen. It's time to start bringing that gift under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And let the Holy Ghost use the gift. And not us be in control of it. But let him be in control of it. It's time to let loose of one thinking of one way of approaching. And let the Holy Ghost do its own work. Amen. He's paid for it all. Amen. There's not an idol the way that he hasn't paid for. He's paid for everything that you have need of this evening. If you have healing, he's paid for it. If you need deliverance, he's paid for it. I don't know what you need this evening, but I just want to make sure that that gets straight to you, that he has paid for it. Friends, I don't believe that we are living in a time that we have to live a halfway Christian life. I hope you're with me this evening. I don't believe we are living in a time that we have to live a halfway Christian life. We have to live a life of a half-righteousness and a half-unrighteousness. I believe that we're living in a time that everything we need has been paid for. We have received the full price. We have received the blood. We have received the life of Jesus Christ himself. And I tell you one time, Jesus Christ didn't come to do a halfway job. He didn't come to do a halfway salvation. He didn't come to give a halfway Holy Ghost. He didn't come to give a halfway Christian life. But he came to give a full Christian life. He came to give a full overcoming life. It wasn't a halfway, a, halfway, a halfway healing that he paid on the Christ. He paid for the full healing. And I don't believe that we need to accept some halfway Christian life that today we're up and tomorrow we're down, today we're delivered, and tomorrow we're not anymore. I believe we're living in a time. I believe we're living in a time that if you are delivered, you are delivered. There is no halfway in this job. It is a full deliverance. It is a total deliverance. That's what he came to pay for. It is a total work. You know, friends, many times we will talk about a line. We will talk about a line that we can cross. And, and once we cross that line, you know, we, we cross, you know, God's mercy's line. You see, we talk much about that line, and, and you can cross that line, and you can cross that line. But I want to talk about another line this evening. And I want to talk about God's delivering line. I believe there's a line that a believer can cross, that they are fully delivered. I believe there's a line that a Christian can cross, that they don't have to return back to sin again. I believe there's another line, and it's God's delivering line. And we don't have to stay on the other side of the line. I believe it's time to cross that line. And let God be God in our lives. Amen. Amen. I believe it's time to cross that line. You know, friends, I want you to know something that, you know, you're sitting here perhaps tonight and you're just thinking, you know, you know, you're just here, you know, just in the wall and so forth. But I want you to know that there's been a testimony made in a boat here in heaven. There's been a testimony amazing about here in heaven. You say, how could that be? We can look down on the book of Job and, and we can see about Job. 
You see, that, that morning, perhaps the Lord Jesus Christ must have risen, you know, from his, from his great throne. And, and instead of perhaps taking a walk down in heaven and in glory, and he must have started talking to the angel and say, I want to testify this evening. He said, I want to testify this evening. And the angel perhaps might have thought, well, he might have wanted to testify about himself. But he said, no, this evening I don't want to testify about myself. He said, I want to testify about Job. He said, I don't want to talk about Job. Friends, he said, have you ever seen one like Job? Is there anyone that is more righteous than Job? And he was testifying about Job. But you know, all along, Job didn't know what was going on in heaven. He didn't know what was going on in heaven, that there was a testimony about him. And Satan was just kind of wandering around him. And he said, oh yeah, sure, Tim, because you put a hedge around him. And obviously it's an easy way for him to leave. And, and yeah, obviously he's overcoming. Oh, but God knew what he was talking about. He knew what Job can take. And I tell you, he knows what you can take. And before you came here, before you were manifested in the flesh, he had had a testimony service about you. He had had a testimony service with the angels about you. He knew what you can take in Laodicea. Don't you think that you were here by mistake? Don't you think you were supposed to be efficient age and he put you in Laodicea? No, he didn't make any mistake. He put you here because he knew that you were going to overcome. He put you here because he knew that you were going to defeat every enemy that is in hell. He put you here because he knew that there is no devil. Oh, hallelujah. He knows that there is no devil in hell that on that day is going to rise up and say there wasn't a young person that did not overcome man. He had a testimony service about you. He had a testimony service about you, Hannah. He had a service about you. And he spoke about you and he spoke about how you were going to overcome. And you didn't know about it. And here you are now in Laodicea. And here you are now in trials and, and temptation all around you. And you're wondering like Job. And, and you wonder why are these all befallen me? I want you to know it's because he's got confidence in you. He's got confidence in you. He knows that you are going to make it. He knows that you are going to overcome. Friends, he didn't put Elijah here. He put you here. He didn't put Moses here. He put you here. He didn't put Esther here. He put you here. He didn't put Ruth here. He put you here. And he's put you here for a purpose. Because he knows that you are going to overcome. Friends, surely we do have, we do have you know, our mountains and, and we do have our valleys. They are part of our life. But you had on Wednesday that we must keep our confidence. No matter where we are, we must keep that confidence. We never must lose that confidence. Friends, you know something? If the Lord saved you. If the Lord saved you, when you are on the mountain, you believe that you're saved. When you are in the valley, you believe that you're saved. Why? Because the Lord saved you. So now I don't understand that when you are on the mountain, you don't believe that you believe that the Lord delivered you. But when you go down on the valley, you don't believe anymore that the Lord delivered you. He's the same God. If he saved you, he saved you. If he delivered you, he delivered you. Whether it be on the mountain, whether it be in the valley, he has delivered you. He didn't do a halfway job saving you. He's not going to do a halfway job delivering you. He didn't do a halfway job 
It's not going to do a halfway job bringing you to your freedom. He's not a God of a halfway. He does it all incomplete. And what we must do is keep the confidence, young people. What we must do is keep the faith. And we don't have to wait, but we are the seed of Abraham. And you know the seed of Abraham, they spoke about Abraham. And they said that Abraham never staggered out a promise. But was strong in faith, giving glory unto God. He never staggered out a promise that was given to him. I don't think we have to waver. I believe we need to keep the faith. I believe we need to keep the confidence. Because you see, that's what Satan does. He tried to come and take away your confidence. He tried to come and take away the faith that you have. And try to bring in days. You see, that's his tactics. He never changed them. He started right in the Garden of Eden. Was just to try to do what? Get you to disbelieve the word. Get you to doubt the word. Get you to lose your confidence. Get you to think that whatever happened was just an emotion. That's all he wants you to believe. Brother Brown will talk about it in the greatest battle ever fought. Brother, Brother Ed mentioned this last Wednesday. He said, see his attack? Watch, listen close. Listen close. Let's close him. We're not closing yet. He said his attack is what? Disbelieve God's word. That's his attack. There, can you see the greatest battle that's ever fought? There's only two forces, Satan and God. And what Satan's weapon against you is to try to get you to disbelieve your weapon. Is that he disarms you. Listen real quiet now, listen. If he can get you to disbelieve your weapon, it's equivalent if he gets you to disbelieve that your weapon is not strong enough. He's disarmed you. Is that all, brother Neville? I hope you never disbelieve that. And I say, brothers and sisters, I hope you never disbelieve that. He said, look, he disarms you. When he gets you to disbelieve that weapon. When you lay that down, that finishes your fight. You are done. He said, hold that weapon. Don't you lay it down. It's how he tries to disarm you. Get you to disbelieve what the Lord has done in your life. And he said, hold that weapon. Don't you lay it down. And I don't believe that we have to lay down our weapon. I don't believe we have to lay down the word. I don't believe we have to lay down our experience. I don't believe we have to lay down our deliverance. I don't believe we have to lay down our confidence. I don't believe we have to lay down our freedom. I don't believe we have to lay down our joy. I don't believe we have to lay that down. I think it's time for us to pick up the word again. I think it's time to pick up that sword. It's time to pick up that experience. Go back to where he met you. Pick it up again. I don't think it's time to lay down. I think it's time to pick up. Because we are in a fight. This is not a time to put your sword on the ship. This is the time to pick up your sword. This is a time to fight. There's going to be a time of rest, but this is a time to fight. 
And the time of freedom, I want you to know it is not your freedom. It is his freedom. I tell you, Satan is not coming against you. Satan is coming against your creator. And if you will let your creator be the master in the battle, there is no way that you are coming out defeated. Oh, hallelujah, young people. Here is no way that you are coming out defeated. Don't lay down a weapon. Oh, believe it's time to stand like Moses stand, stood after the burning bush experience. I believe it's time to stand like Abraham stood after his meeting with Melchizedek. I believe it's time to stand like Jacob stood after he had, a, he had an, an encounter with the angel. After he wrestled with the angel and there was a name change. Oh, friends, I don't think it's time to lay down the weapon. I believe it's time to keep on fighting. Hallelujah. Because I believe that we are overcomers. We are not half overcomers. We are full overcomers. Oh, friends, I tell you, in this last age, we are not going to barely make it to the rapture. There's not going to be a young people that are going to drag their feet to the rapture and say, I barely made it. There's not going to be a young person that a day before the rapture, they are going to fall flat on their face and say, oh, mine, I barely made it. I believe that God has come to call the people that are going to make it fuller to the rapture. God has come to call the people that he is filled with his Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. A people that he is taken. A people that he is shaping. He's not going to do a halfway job on you. He might be still working on you, but don't you worry. He want to complete that work because he's not coming to rapture a half Holy Ghost filled person. Oh, hallelujah. He's coming to rapture. Someone was full with the Holy Ghost. He's coming to rapture. Someone was filled to the brim with the power of God. That is what he's coming to rapture. Don't you worry. He's working on you. He's bringing you to that place. Because this is not a halfway job. Oh, hallelujah. There's a greater one that is living in here. There's a greater one that is living in here. And he's wanting to express himself. He's wanting to have preeminence. Amen. You see, the reason why sometimes we feel, we feel that we haven't fully overcome. Sometimes we feel that we're going into circles and circles and circles. You know, sometimes truly is indeed God molding and shaping us. But sometimes it's simply because we have stopped feeding the keeping power. We've stopped feeding the keeping power. Now you say, what is the keeping power? But Abraham will talk about it. A trumpet is given on certain sound, Phoenix 1963. He said, but now while prayer... He said, now while Peter yet spake these words, before they was baptized, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell upon them. He said, why? They were all under expectation. Now you are under expectation. How many under expectation this evening? Now you are under expectation. Friends, I tell you, you get what you expect. If you came to the service... Just expecting to have a young people service, you're going to have a young people service. If you came to the service expecting to meet with the Lord, you're going to meet with the Lord. Brother Brown will talk about services. And I said, are you coming to a service? And there's no way you're going to live the same. He said, you're either going to live worse than you came in, or you're going to live better than you came in. You are not going to live the same. 
I don't know you, but I want to live this place better than the way it came in. Brother Branham says, you earn expectation. You want something now that will seal you in the kingdom of God. Something that will be real to you. Hallelujah. He said, don't you want to receive the Holy Ghost, every one of you? I don't know you, but I live both hands. You say, my brother Max, you don't feel with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I believe I am filled with the Holy Ghost, but I want to refill him. And I'm going to live both hands. If I was in that service and Brother Branham asked the question, don't you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, every one of you? I would have raised up on my feet and left up both hands because I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Friends, I want you to know something that as God has come, there is only one thing that is going to put you in the rapture. There is only one fuel that is going to drive you in the rapture, and that is the Holy Ghost. Friends, there is not an ounce that is going to take you in the rapture. You may know all the seals. You can quote me all the quotes. You can quote me all the, all the church ages. You can quote everything to me. But if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you're not living this place. You say, why are you always hammering on the Holy Ghost? Why is every young people service seeming to be that we always trying to get the people to have an experience with God? Because we doubt it, you are not going. It doesn't matter which home you're born in. Without the Holy Ghost, you are not going. I don't know you, but I don't want to be the person that is going to drive in that parking lot and see no car there. I don't want to be that person. And no matter what it's going to take for me to receive it, I am going to do it. If it means I need to cut off my friends, I'm going to cut them off. If it means I have to change my phone and go back to the old phone that's got no internet on it, I'll go to it. Young people, this is not a game. When we say we're in the end time and the last days, it is not just a saying. It is a reality. When we say that Jesus is coming, it is not just a saying. It is a reality. When we say he's coming for a bride, it is not just a saying. It is a reality. Let me finish the quote. Hallelujah. He said, don't you want it? He said, sure you do. He said, that's your keeping power. Your keeping power is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is your fuel to the rapture. Friends, I tell you, you know, we live in an astronaut age, right? The astronaut cannot use the airplane fuel. The astronaut cannot use the car fuel. The astronaut cannot use, you know, the, 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 the oats or whatever they gave to the horse and the, and the horse and bucket days. It can't use them. The only thing that the astronaut can use is a special fuel. And the only thing that a bride can use is the genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not a Holy Ghost that is talked about in Pentecost. 
by the Holy Ghost that were received on the day of Pentecost. That is the fuel that is going to put you in the rapture. I believe that this evening I'm speaking to some young people that have been filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you're sitting here this evening and you know that you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't have to walk out that door the same way you walked in. If you came to the building and you know that you haven't, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost and you know in this very moment if the Lord was to show up, you are not sure that you were going to go. I don't want you to live this building the same way. And you don't have to. Dynamic is in every service. I don't want to go along this evening. It's just incredible how the Spirit leads and it just takes you off your notes and you just bear with me this evening and we just get to the end and we, we try to skip some few times and You bear with me this evening, amen. Amen. But you see, some people may say, I've got to keep in power. And it's good that you've got to keep in power. But just having to keep in power is not good enough. Brother Branham was saying, a quote, you can have the Holy Ghost and still go to hell. You can have the Holy Ghost and still go to hell. So friends, when you have an experience with God, don't think, oh, that is it, that's done, that's all about it. I made it, I'm sealed up, I'm going to heaven. You may be very disappointed. You may be very disappointed. But the Branham will continue to say, the entombment, Jeffersonville, 1957. I'll cut this short and I'll just come straight to the point and say you know, he's talking about Jesus Christ, and he's talking about when he met Satan. You know, he's talking about Matthew, I think Matthew 4. Yeah, I think Matthew 4, and you know, when he met Satan, how he defeated Satan with the word. And you talk about that, and then you come and you say in the quote, you say, he said, then how can you say you can stay home and be just as good as a Christian as you would be at church? You know, there are some people who think they can just stay home and just stream the service and they'll be grand. I don't want to step on toes, but if that's your attitude, Brother Branham said, not I said. He said, how can you stay at home and be just good as a Christian as you would be at a church? And I'll just leave it there. He said, you can't do it. You can't do it. But I had read it on Wednesday. And the scriptures in Hebrews, I think Hebrews 4, that we talk about as we see the days approaching, we should gather the more so. And you think you're going to stay home and you're just going to stream the service even when you can come to service and still have a victorious life? Well, I'll just leave it there. Brother Branham said, read the word. He said the Holy Spirit feeds on the Word. He said the Bible is God's spiritual diet for His church. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings it to you and places it in your heart. And with thanksgiving, you water it. 
Now notice the quote. It said the Holy Spirit brings it to you. It places it in your heart. But it said with tongues given, you water it. Friends, the Holy Ghost is not going to do it all. He's going to bring the word to you. He's going to bring it to your heart. But you have to water it. You can have to keep in power. You can have the Holy Ghost. But you need to feed that Holy Ghost. And what it feeds on, Brother Branham said, it feeds on the word. It feeds on the word. That's the only thing that it feeds on. That's what a keeping power feeds on. No wonder, you know, the commission that was given to Joshua. He said unto him, Joshua, meditate upon this word day and night. Because that's the only way that you're going to be prosperous and succeed. Hallelujah. It's only by feeding on the word. Meditating upon a day and night. That is going to be your keeping power. That is your keeping power. You see, Rebecca, that day. The only thing that Rebecca had was the word that she received. What kept Rebecca on the journey is the word that she received. It's the word that she received from Eliezer. That was the walk kept her through the journey. Down in the window up on the mountain is the word that was keeping her. When she was down in the valley is the word that was keeping her. She had not seen Isaac yet, but the word was good enough for her to keep on pressing on the journey. Oh, hallelujah. That was what was driving her in the journey. They were down in the desert. It must have been hard. It almost seemed like they couldn't make it. But right there. Right there, the word was still there, and it was still keeping her. It was still keeping her in the journey. It wouldn't turn her away, and she wouldn't turn away. She had no intention of going back. She had absolutely no intention of going back. When she received that word, she accepted that word, and she said, I will go. I don't care what it's going to take, but I will go. I'm going to go all the way. Whether that be trial, I will go. Whether that be temptation, I will go. I don't care what will come my way, I will go. Nothing is going to stop me because I have received the word. Nothing was going to stop her. Friends, I want to tell you something, young people. You listen to those tapes. Listen to those tapes. There is life in those tapes. There is power in those tapes. You know, one time, Satan, even till today, every word of Brother Branham says, he can tell you exactly the moment he said it. He can tell you exactly the church and what they were at. He can tell you exactly the suit Brother Branham had on. Every word that is spoken on that tape, because in that service, he remembers he was cast out. In that service, he remembers that some young person that he was bothering had to be set free. In that service, he remembers that he couldn't hold anymore a lady who had a cancer. In that service, he remembers he couldn't hold anymore someone who had TB or someone who had diabetes or someone who suffered with depression or someone who suffered with nervousness or whatever it was. He knew that day he had to leave that person. Friends, you listen to those tapes. There is still power on those tapes. It is not a tape of history. It's a present tense. It's a present tape. It's a present tense word. That wasn't the voice of just Brother Branham. That was the voice of God to you in this age. 
That's his voice to you in this age. You don't turn away from those tapes. Don't turn away from them. You know, enemies scared when you put on those tapes. He's scared when you put those earbuds in your ears and you put on a message. You see, friends, we don't have to wake up in the morning. Wake up in the morning and start groaning and, and start saying, oh, mine, I know the day that we have to face. Oh, my, you know the day of trouble, and I know the day of work, and, oh, friends, that ought not to be your attitude. But I believe we ought to wake up in the morning. And when we wake up in the morning, there must be a news that goes down to hell. Yeah. The hell starts to cry out and start to say, oh, no. Oh, no. Those young people have rose up again. It's another day of torment for me. It's another day that you're going to push on that play. It's another day that you're going to take the Bible. It's another day that you're going to go to a young people. Oh my, oh my. It's another day for me. It's another day of torment for me. Oh, friends, young people, you weren't put here to be a torment, to be tormented by the enemy. You were put here to torment the devil. You weren't put here to be a slave to the enemy. You were put here to defeat every enemy that is in hell. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, young people. You were not here just to fill up a pew. You were here to be a manifested son and daughter of God. Hallelujah. Oh, friends. Right now, hell is shaking. Right now, hell is shaking. Hell is shaking because you are here. Hell is shaking because you are streaming there. Because in those services, whenever those services will take place, he knew that he was going to lose a grip. Brother Brown will talk of how they would scream to one another, asking for help. You see a demon so-and-so, come over and help me here. I am being cast out. Come on, demon of depression, come over and help me. I am being cast out. Come on, demon of lust, come and help me here. I am being cast out. Come on, demon of nervousness, come help me here. I am being cast out. Come help me here. I am being cast out. And I can tell you that they're screaming in service right now. They are screaming to one another. They are asking for help because you are here. And no matter what you're going through, he knows that he's going to lose his grip this evening. He knows that there's a young person that's going to be set free this evening. There's a young person that's not going to live this building the same way they came in. He knows that there's going to be one more tormentor that is going to be added to the list of tormentors. Because I believe many of you already recruited on a tormentor's list. But we're recruiting more. We want more on the tormentor's list. 
We want more young people on the tremendous list. We don't just want fewer of them. We want more of them on the list. And it's not as in the deceiving. There's going to be more added to the list. And it's not happier, beta. Oh, hallelujah. He's not happier, Peter. But something is fixing to happen. But you see, all this journey that Rebecca took and all that happened to Rebecca, I want you to notice that it all started at the well. It all started at the well. You know that morning? Rebecca has been to the well many a times. Sure enough, Rebecca could almost took the way to the well with her eyes closed. Because she's been to the well many, many a times. Rebecca's been to the well and she's seen the same, she's seen the same faces at the well all the time. She's been to the well and she's heard the same music all the time. She had many preachers all the time. This is okay with me, Sat. Could you please give me this? This just kind of bothering me now. All right, thanks, sir. He's been on the well and seen the same faces, had the same preachers and many preachers. Amen. But one day, when she went to the well, she heard from a theophany. When she went to the well that day, she heard that there's a man who can turn on the lights. When she went to the well that day, she heard that there's a man who can possess every case of the enemy. When she went to the well that day, she heard that there's a man that can give total deliverance. When she went to the well that day, she heard about a man who can bring a rapture. When she went to that well that day, she heard about a man that was talking about a future home. That day wasn't the same for Rebecca. And that was the story of the Samaritan woman. That was her story. She also woke up one morning. But she woke up slightly different that morning. She woke up that morning. And there was so much guilt in her heart. She woke up that morning with so much regret in her heart. She had gone by five years. And she's been trying every year to make her life better. And now here she is in the sixth year with another man. And nothing is getting any better. Six years now, she's been down this road and Everything has just been going from bad to worse. Nothing has been changing for this lady. She has tried everything she could try, but nothing has been changing. She has tried the world, but it hasn't brought any fruit to her. She has been to church, but it hasn't brought any fruit to her. You see, she's been to church and she's been in services, 
And she's been in services. And she stood on her feet when everyone stood on their feet. She lifted her hands when everyone lifted up their hands. She jumped when everyone jumped. She cried when everyone cried. She shouted when everyone shouted. She prayed when everyone prayed. But yet, the guilt could not live. The regret could not live. Nothing could change in her life. She had tried everything that she could try. But everything was still the same in her life. She would go down the street and she might put a smile on her face. But deep in her heart, something still wasn't right. The same question wasn't settled. The guilt question wasn't settled yet. But she would go down the street and she would ask to see if everything was okay. She would be in a service and she would ask that everything was okay. But deep down within her heart, she knew that it wasn't okay. She knew that she wasn't ready. But in the secret of her room, the enemy will come in and will start to speak to her. And will start to say to her, you are worth nothing. Is that a bring to her? Why don't you take your life? Is that a bring to her? Why are you still going to service? Why are you still believing this message? Friends, you know one time? You know why the enemy is against this message? It's because there's power in this message. You know the enemy is not against the Muslims. He's not against the Quran. He's not against the Buddhists. But he's against this message. He's against this word. Because he knows in that message lies the power that is going to bring a rapture. He knows in that message lies what is going to let you know who you really are. And he knows when you get to know who you are, you become an invincible army. That's why he's attacking the message. That's why he's attacking you. That's why he's been on your case. Because you are a threat to his kingdom. The moment you get to your position, you are a threat to his kingdom. That's why he's been fighting, fighting you. But in the secret of Rome, that's where she will fight. That's where the enemy will come and that's why the enemy will come and, and speak voices to her. And that's what he does to many young people. He done it to me. He done it to me. Or you come to a service and you enjoy the service. And you praise the Lord on the service. But you knew that something just wasn't still right. And right there in the secret of your room, that's where he will come. And he'll bombard you in your mind. And he'll keep on pressing the same weak spot. He's done that to me. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. He'll bring all thoughts to you about your guilt. He'll bring your past back to you again. He'll pull right out of the, under the blood of very time that you did in the past. And he'll still hold it right on your face and wave it right in your face. And tell you, you're not worthy. And tell you you have no value. 
And I tell you, give up. Turn around. It's not worth it. It's not worth your time. Do you want to know the last time you done it to me? Just about a week ago. You think the enemy just leave the preachers alone and then he just come after the, the congregation? <laughs> yeah, exactly, Brother Brandon. He doesn't. And he's come right down in the secret of your room and, and he's trying to bombard you with your thoughts and he's trying to bring you back to the place that you've been delivered from. But I want to remember you again that God doesn't do a halfway job. And I want that to sink in not only into your mind, but I want to go down to hell that he must know that God doesn't do a halfway job. It didn't halfway deliver you. It didn't halfway set you free. It didn't halfway fill you with the Holy Ghost. Right there, he'll meet with her and fight with her in her mind. Fight with her in her mind. But you know, the, the woman wanting that she didn't know that she was a predestinator seed. And I want you to want you to know is that you are a predestinator seed. And because she was a predestinator seed, she was not going to stay there. That moment was not going to last forever. You see, little did that woman know that one day her story will be inscribed in the scriptures. And the people are going to read her story generation after generation after generation after generation. I tell you, in that moment, she didn't realize that. In that moment, she didn't realize what was going on in heaven. In that moment, she didn't realize the testimony that God had had about her in heaven. She didn't realize that at that moment. And perhaps that's the way he's been battling you. But I want you to know that your name, oh, hallelujah, your name has been put on the Lamb's book of life. Oh, come on, young people. Your name has been put on the Lamb's book of life. And you know what? Satan has been trying hard to erase the name of that book. He's been trying hard to erase the name. He's been trying to erase it with the guilt that you feel in your heart. He's been trying to erase it with the faults that you have, with the past, with whatever you've done. He's been trying to erase it with it, but nothing is going to be able to erase that name. Nothing can take that name off. No matter what that woman was going through, nothing could take a name off of that book. She was predestinated, and there was an appointed time that the Lord was going to meet with her. And you know, 110, it must have been around the sixth hour. You see, because she couldn't go to the wall in the evening. And if I'm not mistaken, if I'm mistaken, please correct me. I think the sixth hour must have been around noon, right? No. I don't know. Perhaps. Must have been around noon. Thank you. Must have been around the sixth hour. And it was time for her to go to the well. And as she started to take a step towards the well, 
I want you to know one thing. As he took a step, that was the last time that she was going to have guilt on her heart. Oh, as she took a step, that was the last time that she was going to have a regret in her heart. See, she didn't know, but that was the last time. Because there was a man that was sitting on the well that was waiting for her. Oh, hallelujah. You see, before even, even Eliezer got to the well, there was an angel that had beat him till two minutes before. There was a man that was waiting for him at the well. He was waiting for her as she started to take her steps. And I want to say one more thing, young people. We had a wonderful young people about two weeks ago. We had a wonderful young people service. And you know what the enemy is going to do? Over the last two weeks, what he's been trying at least to do one man. He's been trying to tell me that that was just a workup. He's been trying to say that that was just an emotion. He's been trying to say that whatever happened was just for that moment. But I want to say to you this evening that whatever happened that moment was the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Whatever the Lord did in your life that day was the Holy Ghost. Don't you leave that. Don't you let the devil lie to you. Don't let him lie to you and say that whatever happened was just an emotion. Don't let him lie to you and let him say to you that whatever happened has no fruit to it. That was the Holy Ghost. That was God meeting with you. That was you having an appointment with him at a well. You stay there. Don't you leave that. You try to come and tell you that nothing happened, but you don't leave that. Don't you leave that. Don't you leave what happened in that service, but you hold on to it. And perhaps in that service, if the Lord didn't meet you, I want you to know you can start making your way to the well. You can start making your way to the well. Oh, hallelujah. If the Lord didn't meet you, you can start making your way to the well. You see, she walked down to that well that day around the sixth hour. And there he was. Little did she know that she was going to have an encounter with the Almighty God. She was going to have an encounter with one that was greater than her problem. She was going to have an encounter with one that was greater than her trouble. There was a meeting prepared for her. There was an appointment made for her. And she started to take a step towards the well. And as she got to the well, and they started to talk about, you know, differences and, and this on the other. But the brother Mosey was trying to contact her spirit. And it came a point, the Lord started to speak to her. He started to tell her what she'd been going through. Started to tell her what she'd been struggling with. She started to tell her to the start. She started to say, who are you? And, and why do you ask me these things? And why do you tell me these things? But he was doing it for a purpose. And he's been here this evening. And he's been speaking to you. 
And he's been doing it for a purpose. He's been doing it for a purpose. He has paid it all with our money and with our price. He's paid your healing with our money and with our price. He's paid your deliverance with our money and with our price. And all that you have to do is just accept him. All you have to do is just accept him. And it's sad to her as she drank of this water. Because there were many wells around. But here was a different well. Here was a different water. And it said as you drink of this water, you're going to drink of a living water. That is going to spring up into everlasting life. That is what the water was going to do in her life. That was what it was going to bring her to. Oh, friends, I tell you, there is a well. Why? Why waste your time? Why wait for another service? Isaiah was speaking to and Isaiah as he was talking about it. He said, why spend your money for that which is not bread? Why spend your time for that which is not eternal life? Why wait service after service? We may have time for the Sunday service. We may have time for the Wednesday service. But why wait till that time? There is a well. And he's inviting you. He's been here. He's been here. When the musicians come. He's been here. He made sure he was in the song service. He made sure he was here total minutes before you arrived. Because he knew that you were coming. He knew that you were coming on. And he knew the things that you need on. And he's just been waiting on. And he knows that you were coming to young people this evening. He knew what. And he's just waiting on. Just like he was waiting for that woman to just come to the well. To come to the fountains of life. You need the Holy Ghost, it's without money, and it's without price. But there was something that Brother Branham would say in testimony, Los Angeles, California, 1951. He said, but whosoever drink it of this water, he said, drink it of this water. If you notice, it wasn't just take a drink and walk away and forget about it. If you're coming to the well this evening, it is not for a sip or drink. But just take a drink and just walk back and just go back to the old life. Friends, if you've been on a service and perhaps, I don't know, but I just feel to say this, but if it must have happened to you that at the last young people service we had, that you were perhaps like this woman then. And perhaps you cried when others cried. And, and perhaps you shouted when others shouted. And perhaps you jumped when others jumped. Or perhaps, perhaps you prayed when others prayed. But you walked out of that service and you knew that the same question wasn't answered. Perhaps you walked out of that service and 
and still you find yourself winding about in the same circle. I want you to know one thing. God didn't come to the world that evening or that afternoon to do a halfway job on that woman. He didn't come to that well to meet with that woman for her to go back and continue in her sin. She didn't meet with that woman on that day for her to go back and still go wandering around with all the men and still go wandering around with the old man that was dead and still go wandering around with the old lost that was dead and to still go wandering around with the old spirit that was supposed to be crucified. That wasn't the purpose. Why? He came all the way and diverted his journey to Samaria to meet with that woman. And I tell you, that is not all the purpose that he has diverted his way to come to this young people this evening. Just to me with you to have a halfway job. That's not a purpose. He didn't come here to have a halfway job. He didn't come here to barely give you the Holy Ghost to survive tomorrow. To give you the Holy Ghost to survive a week. Friends, it's time to let God be God. Friends, let not let God seem to be something that is not. There is power in this message. There is power. There is power in this word. There is a keeping power in this message. God is not here to make a young people that are just going to be whining around and just barely make it to a rapture. That is not the business of God in Laodicea. God's business in Laodicea is to see and overcome young people. God's business in young Laodicea is to see young people that are filled with the Holy Ghost, that are tormentors of the devil. That is his purpose for this day. I don't know if you need to come to the world this evening. Perhaps you have never received the Holy Ghost. Perhaps you've never had an experience. Perhaps you need a refilling. Perhaps you're still battling with the things that you are supposed to be overcome with. Let's come and cross God's delivering line. We've gone past crossing God's mercy line. It is time to go and cross God's delivering line. A line that there is no turning back. Friends, I hope you can on this evening. A line that there is no turning back. Friends, it's later down with tank. It is no, there is no more time to be going around in a circle and still be still fighting with the same things that we've been fighting since we had 13 years old or we had 10 years old. You've been baptized, praise the Lord. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you received the baptism? How do you know you've received the Holy Ghost? What was your life before and what is your life now? Friends, I tell you one thing, and this might sound hard and, and sharp, 
But you can, you can say you've received the Holy Ghost and, and God is living in your life. And you're still fighting with the same devil. And you know what I'm talking about. The Spirit of God doesn't do that. And I'm talking of myself. Friends, the service is not pinpointing someone. The service for all of us. I am included. Friends, I want to know something Brother Brown will talk about preachers that hasn't got the Holy Ghost. I don't want to be one of them. I don't want to be here and preach the gospel on the day the trumpet sound. I am still standing here. And I don't believe you want to be the one that is sitting on a pew or sitting on an instrument and the day the trumpet sound, you're still sitting there. It's time to get down to business with God. You want a revival? You want a revival? If you want a revival, why don't you stand on your feet? If you want to turn them back, why don't you lift up your hands? If you want a total deliverance, why don't you say, God, I am coming to the well. He's out of well. Please lay something soft. This scares you. I tell you one thing, he's at a well. He's been at a well for a while. And all along he's been sitting at a well. He's been thinking of you. He's been thinking of you while he's sitting at a well. He was thinking of that woman. When he was sitting at the well. He was thinking of his first husband. What he did to her. He was thinking of his second husband. What he did to her. He thought of his third husband. What he did to her. He thought of his fifth husband. And what he did to her. And now with the sixth one. And he was thinking of what he was doing to her. And I don't know who your sixth husband is. And I don't know what he's doing to you. But he's been thinking about him. He's been thinking about that sixth husband. And he knew what it was going to take for her to walk that place, walk away from that place, not the same way. From that day, she could, she could go on the secret of her room without no fear. You know, friends, I'll tell you something. There's been days that I was scared to go to my room. There were days that I was scared to go back to my own house. You say, how could that be, Brother Max? You are a preacher. The devil doesn't respect preachers or respect, you know, the church members or whatever it is. I'm going to be personal. I'm going to be personal for a little while. There's been time I was scared to go to my house. You say, was that in Ireland? No, that was in Canada.
was scared to walk in there because there was a demon that was always hunting me. But one day, one day, one day, one day, just one moment. He took a young brother, not much to look upon perhaps. Y'all know him. He took a young brother. And he stood in our young brother. And he spoke to me. And he said, you don't have to go back home the same way. He said, you don't need to go home to cast that devil at you. But he said, right here, you can settle the question. He's the same God. This evening, we're not here for a halfway job. This evening, we're cutting Goliath's head. This evening we're making sure we're walking out of this place. And if you've caught Goliath's head, praise the Lord. You come join in if you've caught a Goliath's head. But if that's a Goliath in your heart, in your life, make sure you're walking out of this door, holding his head in your hand. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you this evening, by the name of Jesus Christ, don't you walk out of this building the same way. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care which home you're coming from. If you haven't received it, don't leave this place the same way. I am not threatening you. I am speaking in the name of the Lord. I am sorry for keeping you long, but I am not sorry. You know who the sixth husband is. You know what a foif of men. You can settle the question name. You don't need to come to the altar. If you need to do, but you don't need to. It is not about an altar. It is about your heart. What are your plans, Sister Cassia?
and you can't find the remedy just come to the well you could spend your whole life chasing what's missing but that empty inside it just ain't gonna listen when nothing can satisfy and the world leaves you high and dry just come to the well. Is anyone else thirsty on the scene? Who thirst will thirst no more. Those who are bringing waters this evening. And all who search will find. Those who are of eternal life. Those who are longing for. The world will try, but it can never fail. to the well so bring me your heart doesn't matter how broken it is this evening no matter how broken just come as you are when your last prayer is spoken just rest in my arms a while you'll feel the change my child when you come to the well, and all who thirst will thirst no more, and all who search will find what their souls are longing for. The world will try, but it can never You can leave better or you can leave worse. Or just leave better. Listen to the song. There is a fountain. There is a fountain. There's a fountain that's flowing. Let's invite Brother Andrew to come. There's a fountain this evening, young people. Fountain opened in the house of David to believe. When there are streams of grace that's flowing down from Calvary.
that's the truth. I want tonight, I just want to share a couple. You can have your seats for a few minutes. I need to share a couple things, and I don't want to belabor it, but I'm not going to make an altar call tonight. I want to start out this way. I, I, Brother Ethan and I went to a house just the other day. house is about 105 years old. I did the original renovation on it about three and a half years ago. Three and a half years ago, we told the lady, you need a new foundation on the house. And she dumped hundreds of thousands of dollars into the top three floors. The foundation was crumbling. We had the opportunity to go there this week. They were putting in a brand new foundation. You say, what's the point of a story like that? It's simple. You can have the most beautiful house, but if the foundation is no good, it will fall. So I, I said, I'm not going to make an altar call, but I want tonight, what are we doing? Check your foundation. Be sure you didn't just bring in a truckload of sand and build on a beach. Be sure it's built on the solid rock. Because so I'm going to share this, and I, I may take a service on it soon, but I got pages and pages of notes and quotes, but it is impossible to be born again outside of the message of the hour. It is impossible to be born again in denominations. It is impossible to be born again as a Buddhist, as in the Koran, in any other way. You need Christ for your day. Today, that is the message of the hour. You say, but the Holy Spirit, oh, the rain falls on the just, and it falls on the unjust. Oh, you can get salvation even in a denominational rank. But that's not the new birth. It is impossible for you to be born again. That's why I'm telling you, go and check your foundation tonight. You say, oh, but look at the beautiful house. I got revelations. God showed me beautiful things. Praise the Lord. Don't throw that out. But go back downstairs and build the foundation. And recognize that if that isn't there, when the storms come... Say, what kind of storms? When the trumpet sounds, the great and the dreadful day of the Lord. When it comes, you'll learn what your foundation is made out of. You can say, I got beautiful revelations. That's wonderful. I'm a part of the bride. Praise the Lord. That is a wonderful, treasured revelation. Keep that, but make sure it's built on something solid. Amen. Make sure that the foundation is true. Make sure it's built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ today. Jesus preached a message to 5,000, and they were so happy when he fed them. He preached it to 4,000, and they were so happy when he fed them. And he healed the sick and all of these things, and they were so happy. And as long as he was preaching, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. As long as he was preaching, blessed are the poor in spirit. As long as he was preaching those things, as long as he was saying, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you snakes. As long as he was preaching those things, it was great. 
And you could have wonderful revival, Holy Ghost filled things. But when it comes down to except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you got no power. What if you see me ascend up into heaven from whence I came and the 70 left and the thousands left and he turned to the 12? Would you go also? No, because you alone have the word for today. Nowhere in the word could you find those words in all of the Old Testament but today. Brother Branham says that the Pentecostal message isn't going to work today. He said it isn't going to work. Noah's message was good for Noah, but it wasn't good for Moses. Moses' message was good for Moses, but it didn't work for David. Pentecostal message was good, and the pouring of the Holy Spirit was good, but it doesn't work today. You need to know Jesus Christ. This message, that's where God's at. That's why I'm telling you, check it. Because is it just built on a a sensation? Or is it built on a revelation of who Jesus Christ is today? Oh my. That's straight. And I'll encourage you, Brother Max, you use the example. If you need need to go back to an old flip phone and get laughed at by all the other young people. Because that's what will happen. Don't worry, I know we're human, right? If you pull a flip phone, everyone's going to be going, what are you doing? I'm just serving the Lord. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did. Brother Max is very personable, and I'm going to tell you a little something. I had an iPhone, and I know any phone has this. I don't, this is the only time we're going to stick up for iPhone, Brother John. <laughs> they, they, it was very much easier to do on an iPhone than on an Android, but any phone has something called parental control. You can parental control yourself. And for a while, I was having a lot of trouble with, with YouTube. So what I did is I, I, I parental controlled all of YouTube. And I went to my wife and I said, just put four random numbers in here and click OK. And don't tell me what they are. And she did that. And I went six months. I was completely unable to get on YouTube. But I could tell you, after that, it didn't control me. I controlled it. It was that simple. Sometimes we've got to make it something so spiritual. I need God to come down and, and thunderbolt lightning and put something in my heart that I'll just never, never struggle with this again. Praise the Lord, that can happen. But sometimes you've got to take a step of faith and yeah. say, I'm just going to take one step at a time. If I've got to do this one little thing, it's what I'll do. Are you with me? Yeah. And we're going to stand again. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this song. There's a fountain open to you who would receive. And I only want you to raise your hands in worship if you're saying, Lord, I'm here to receive. I'm here because I'm here to check my foundation. Did I come to the well or did I find a sensation? Did I come to the rock or is this built on some idea of man? Bannon would say in the same quote, he says that the Pentecostal message won't work for today. He'd also talk about how that, 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 that this message came to bring the bride out of denominations, out of the idea of man, and bring a bride to maturity. And he also says in the same quote that this is the bride age. And that we are in the bride age. The world around us is not in the bride age. They're in Laodicea, and they're floundering and struggling around in it, poor, wretched, miserable, blind, and naked. But... There's a people that aren't a part of it because they came out of it. But don't just come out. You have to go in too. That's redemption. It's two parts. 
I came out, I see how God, this dropped away, that dropped away. That's wonderful. You've came out. Now make sure you go in. a fountain opened in the house, the house of, of David, David to you who would believe and there are streams of grace that's flowing down from Calvary Oh. 